Good morning, Grace Church. How's everybody doing? Good. My name is Brandon. I'm the kids and student director here today, and I am super excited um, to be able to bring this word this morning. Um, It's the first weekend of summer officially. Um, Is anybody else excited about that? Uh, I already got my first sunburn of the year, um, so I decided I wouldn't wear my tank top today so you couldn't see my shoulders peeling, okay? Not that you all needed that visual, I'm so sorry. Um, But I'm super excited to get into um, this series today. We've been in a series called Scoreboard, Um, and this this series has been great for me. It's been challenging, Um, and and we've been looking at some mile markers in our life um, and some signs that, that might show you areas you're growing in as a Christ follower. Um, It's just like a scoreboard in like baseball or soccer or football. Like we look at the scoreboard to tell us how we're doing. Like if you're down 14 zip, like you're probably not doing that well. Okay. So we look at the scoreboard to kind of tell us where we're at. And this series has been all about that. Um, We've looked at the importance of being intentional with those around us right? Intentional with those around us, not just coming and sitting down, grabbing our coffee, having our, going to our normal seat, and then just leaving. We've talked about being intentional with those around us, to actually put in effort to build relationships. We talked about building uh, or being relational in the church because you guys don't have to walk through life alone. You build relationships uh, in this church family so that when the, the bad times come, you have somebody, you have a family to walk through that with. When the good times come, you have somebody to celebrate with. And that takes building relationships with people in the church. And last week, uh, Pastor Stephen talked about something that's hard to talk about. He talked about generosity and how oftentimes the way that we handle or manage our finances, that shows our priorities in life. And that's an uncomfortable thing to talk about, but it's something that Scripture talks about a lot. And we talked about all the mile markers and the signs of each of those areas that you're growing. And today we're going to be, uh, we're, we're going to be continuing in this series. And I pray that uh, what God has for you, I pray that He speaks to you um, through His Word this morning. I, I was in college um, and poor. Um, I was broke as could be, as all our, all our, our all college students. There we go. We're all broke and poor when we're in college. And the way I would sustain myself throughout the semesters is like the summer I would work myself to the bone to earn money for college. And I was looking for jobs and my wife, um, Allie, was, was also looking for jobs. She was really connected with like nannying and babysitting, and tutoring, like she was really connected in those circles, and she's like, hey, you should check out this job in Milton, nannying three boys, Um, and I was like, oh, that sounds sweet, and so I went down, I met the family, and they're super nice, three boys, super athletic, love video games, love lacrosse, and baseball, and football, and being outside, and um, it just sounded like it was good, good money, like all under the table, and so I was like, this is perfect, this is the dream job for a college student. So I took it and on the outside looking in, like I thought it was going to be a summer of just throwing a football, playing baseball, playing video games with these boys. Like that was going to be my summer and they were going to pay me for it and buy me groceries and pay for my gas and let me live with them. Like that was what I thought was going to happen. And oh, how I was wrong. 
I love this family, but when I stepped into that, there was so much more that had to be done. I had laundry to do because these boys were active and they needed their jerseys washed for their practice the next day. Um, I had to buy groceries because they all needed big meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner to make sure they had energy to sustain for the whole day. They all had a million and ten friends that I had to organize playdates with and drive them there and drive them over here. And I, I remember at one point I asked the mom, I was like, so if I wasn't here, what would you be doing? And she was like, I'd be, I'd be in chaos. It would be, nothing would be getting done. Because there's just so much that had to happen. And I didn't realize any of that. Parents in the room right now are nodding like, yes, you just saw what my life looks like. I didn't know all that went into this nannying job, which I'm going to refer to it as a mannying job from here on out, until I stepped into it. On the outside looking in, it looked like a piece of cake. And then I stepped into it and I realized, all that I had to do. And it's the same for other people in this room. Like you might be a teacher or a plumber or a lawyer. And like on the outside looking in, nobody really knows all that you have to do. It's not until you step into that profession that the curtain is pulled back like the Wizard of Oz and you're like, oh my gosh, there are a million things to do right now. And I need help. And it's the same in the church. We, we can become so comfortable just staying on the outside looking in. Where we walk in on Sunday mornings, we're, we're familiar with it. We get our same cup of coffee that we get every Sunday. We grab one of those amazing little muffins that just are delicious. We come in, we find our seat, and we have a seat. We walk out, that's it. Because on the surface, it's like, eh, they got everything under control. Like, the cafe team doesn't need any help. The greeters, we don't need more greeters. We don't need anybody in kids' ministry. Like, they're good. But on the inside, for the people that have stepped onto the cafe team or into the kids' team, they're like, we need help. We need people here. There's two million kids here. I need somebody to come and watch these kids and teach these kids. We realize all that has to go on in these ministries. And today we're going to look at what it looks like for us as Christ followers to be personally involved. And, and the three signs that you're growing in this area. And we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And here's what's going on. Paul, the guy that wrote this, um, it was written as a letter. So somebody would stand up and they would read this letter to the church. And Paul is writing to this church because they're growing and they're becoming more diverse and they're really struggling with how to cope with that. They, they don't know how to balance all the different backgrounds, all the different gifts, all the different abilities that people bring to the table. And so we pick this up as Paul's writing to them to remind them that it's through those differences and their gifts that they make up the body of Christ. So 1 Corinthians 12, 14 to 17, it's going to be on the screens as well. Here's what it says. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? 
So Paul even uses a little sarcasm there at the end to get his point across. I love that 2,000 years ago, people were still using sarcasm. Like, that makes me feel better about myself. Paul's like, listen, it's because you guys are different and have unique gifts and abilities that make up this one church. That's what it's all about. If you were all the same, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't look good, right? If you were just an ear, how are you going to smell? If you're just an eye, how are you going to hear? Paul tells the church it's all about those gifts that make up the body of Christ. And these gifts help someone become more personally involved. And the first sign of a growing Christ follower is that you're actively serving on a ministry team. That you take those gifts and you jump onto a ministry team and use them. We talk about this a lot at Grace, and and the reason we talk about this a lot at Grace Church is because we know that that if I was gone, or, or Pastor Stephen was gone, or David was gone, like, this church would go on. Because we have volunteers that have amazing gifts. And they jumped on a ministry team to make this church work. In fact, a few weeks ago, uh, everybody that's on staff was out of town. And this church was solely run by volunteers and, and people that have amazing gifts. And we had one of our biggest Sundays ever. Like, that's just what happens when the church is one body with many different parts. It's getting off the bench and into the game. Like some of you, the coach is saying, listen, I need you at shortstop, and you're the best one for shortstop. And you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, I, got, I like this spot on the, on the pine, on the bench. I'm just going to chill here. Like, no, we need you in the game. Get into that team. I know there, there are school teachers in the room that you have the summers off. Man, I would, I would love for you to join our kids' men team for the summer. And help me with curriculum. Help me plan crafts. Help me plan games. Help me do and use the gifts that God has given you on that ministry team. Some of you play guitar or, or drums or, or you sing. Like, we'd love to get you involved in our worship team. We'd love to help you use those gifts. Or maybe um, if you're like me, you love making sure that you get a cup of coffee in the morning so you're not an angry monster. Like, Join our cafe team. Search those people out. Be like, come, you need a cup of coffee first. Come here. We'd love to have you on the cafe team. Where are you at in this area? Are, are you still sitting on the bench? Or are you ready to get into the game? And here's what's even crazier. There are some of you that you have served or you serve in this church and, and nobody even sees you do it. Nobody even sees you do it. Like maybe it's during the week or maybe it was during our renovation process when we ripped up this whole building and built this. And the next sign of a growing Christ follower is that you leverage your skills and abilities to help your church family. And, and when I was thinking about this, there was a few people that popped to mind. The first was this guy named Jorge. I love this guy. He's a very accomplished foreman. He's been, he's been in the construction business for like 20 plus years. And when we were doing the renovation process, um, he helped tremendously. Uh, in fact, there were numerous times where I was doing something and I'd finish and I'd be like, hey, look at this. And Jorge would be like, oh, Brandon, no, 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 no. 
because he's so much better at those things. And so he'd come, by, he'd come back and he'd help me fix it or, or he'd do something. And all the baseboards in here that you see, the gray baseboards, like he took hours and hours and hours and vacation days to come in here and cut the, cut the notches so we could put the baseboards up. He cut the carpet tiles that you're, that you're sitting on. Like he came in, he, one, one Sunday it was raining. And so he came the Monday after, took a vacation day and patched holes on the roof. Because those are the gifts and abilities that God has given him. And he said, these are not my own. I'm going to leverage them for my church family. I think of my friend Steve Sullivan, who his weekly schedule, he wakes up like 4 a.m. And when we were renovating this building, he would wake up at 4 a.m. And he'd show up here at like 6, 6 p.m. after a long day of work with his toolbox ready to do whatever we needed. Whatever we needed. Because Steve knows God's given him gifts and abilities. He wants to leverage them for the church. We have another guy named Mike Varner who took money out of his own pocket and vacation days to pay volunteers to come in and do the beautiful floor in our lobby. Because God's given him a unique skill set where he can do beautiful floors like that. Are you willing to leverage the gifts and abilities that God's given you for your church family. And in Acts chapter 9, um, there's an amazing story. It's really quick. Uh, I, it's the, Acts is written by a guy named Luke, um, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke, which is earlier. And he includes this, this short little story, but I think it really cements home this point. And, and it was about um, this woman named Tabitha. And Tabitha was extremely involved in her church at the time. And we pick this story up just as she has actually passed away. And, and we, we find these widows that are weeping and mourning over Tabitha. And, and the question is, why? Why would you weep over just, I mean, I know she was involved, but like, why? And, and we find out here in Acts chapter 9, verse 39. It says, so Peter returned with them. And as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widow, widows who were weeping. And here's the key. Here's why they were weeping. Showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. Tabitha, or Dorcas, as she referred to here, which I would change my name to Tabitha too, by the way, if it was Dorcas. Okay? I apologize if there are any Dorcases in the room. Tabitha was a gifted seamstress. God had given her the ability to make clothes. And she could have sat at home and just made herself a beautiful wardrobe, all for her. But what does she do? It says she leveraged her gifts and abilities to make clothes for widows and the poor and the broken in her church. And so that so much so, she had given so much that when she passed away, these widows showed up weeping and showing Peter, look at what Tabitha did for me. Look at how Tabitha used the gifts that God gave her to help me, to help her church family. How can you leverage your gifts and abilities to look more like Tabitha in the church and with other Christ followers? 
Because the third sign of a growing Christ follower is that you meet the needs of other Christians. That you meet the needs of other Christians. And to meet those needs of fellow Christ followers, you actually have to look for it. It takes intentionality. It's not something that's just going to fall into your lap and you'll be like, well, I guess I can help with this. It takes intentionality. We, we have a couple here that um, recently had a, had a baby, and the, the baby's had some complications, spent a lot of time up at Boston Children's. Um, and this couple, four to five days a week, ha- they've been commuting to Boston Children's from West Bridgewater about an hour and 40 each way to be with their baby. And parents that have had, that have had children, like you, you understand that in that newborn process, even more if there's complications, it's hard to make meals for yourself. That, that takes a lot of effort, and you're tired. And we have a couple in our church. Her name is uh, Jen and, and Jake, and Jen heard about this. And without hesitation, immediately set up a meal train for meals for this family. Not just for a day, not just for two days, for an entire month. She filled slots so this family doesn't have to worry about dinner for an entire month. And Jen found this opportunity because she was looking for it. She was actually looking for ways to meet the needs of other Christ followers. And the early church did this extremely well. When the church was just getting going in Acts chapter 4, we hear about how the church did this. Acts chapter 4 verse 32, it says, All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. Listen, the the gifts and abilities that God has given you, they're for a purpose. They're not just for you. They're so that you can go and meet the needs of other Christ followers. They're so you can leverage them for the church. Like, I love that in this passage we see nothing. They didn't think of anything as their own. How would this church family look different if on a Sunday morning we walked in and it was like, listen, my finances aren't my own. My skills and abilities aren't my own. These are all from God, and I'm going to give them however I can. How would this church family look different? We see it again in in the book of James Uh, chapter 2, verses 14 to 17, and and James talks about faith here. Talks about a marker that you should look for in your faith journey, and he says this. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you can say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or no clothing, And right here, we're about to get a little more sarcasm from James. And he says, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Modern day language If you're not walking the walk, then don't talk the talk. If you're saying, I'm 100% in on Jesus, I have a great faith walk, and there are no good deeds, there is nothing to show for that, 
probably not true. Right? If you say, yeah, I meet, I'm, I'm, I'm always ready to meet the needs of others, and then there are needs all around you, and you don't help? I wouldn't say you actually want to meet needs. Are you making yourself available relationally to meet the needs of those around you? Because it takes margin in our life. It's sometime going to be inconvenient to meet those needs. Sometimes you're going to have to put aside your own ambitions and what you want to do to meet those needs. It's counter-cultural. It's against everything the American dream tells us we should do. Right? The American dream is fight your way to the top, pull down whoever you have to pull down to get there. Don't take any prisoners. It's, it's about what's best for us. It's about you getting the white picket fence around your house. It's about your kids getting into the best school. It's about you getting the newest car. It's all about you and what you want. And the Bible says, no, it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. Are you taking the time to meet the needs of other Christians? In, in biblical times, um, that when they would go on long journeys, the most precious commodity that they would take on those journeys or would have to find on those journeys was water. Like water was a, pres- a precious commodity. And so if you were on a journey and you came upon a home, like you would go and ask, hey, can I have some water? And if that home actually said, yeah, absolutely, we, we'd love to give you, that was the, one of the highest forms of hospitality. They didn't have cumbies to stop at or dunks to stop at back in the day. So when they found water and they only had so much of it, it was a high form of hospitality to say, have some water. Let me help. Uh, when you look at your life, are, are you offering those around you a cup of water on their life's journey? And, and maybe you're doing that through setting up a meal train like Jen and Jake Suhaki did. Maybe it's, it's heading over to someone's house that you know needs some renovations done, needs, needs a roof hole patched, um, maybe needs some, their lawn mowed, and taking the time to do that. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's babysitting students in the room so that family you know can, can get a much-needed date night or get a much-needed night to themselves. Which, by the way, if that's you, come find me after. I have students' phone numbers for you. I'd love to give them out. The only way that you can gauge whether or not you're meeting the needs of fellow Christ followers is if you are engaged in the life of the church. Are you engaged? Are you personally involved in the life of this church? Do you come in, you sit down in your seat, and then you head out? Or do you take the time to actually get to know the people around you? Do you pause in the lobby with your coffee to go and say hi to somebody you've never met before? And introverts in the room, I know that's a scary thing. My wife's an introvert. But sometimes we need to take the time to actually invest and build those relationships. Because if you're not, how are you going to see the needs 
Jen saw the needs because she was looking for them. When I stepped into mannying, it feels weird to say, when I stepped into mannying, I immediately saw all the work that had to be done. I saw how much there was behind the curtain that I didn't see outside looking in. And it's the same thing with you guys. When you step onto a cafe team, you realize all that you have going on. When you step into a life group, you're immediately plugged in with four or five other families and you get to know them and you start to hear, yeah, we're just, man, this is, this is a tough month. We just need a night off. We, we just need, we, we wish somebody would just come over and, and, and help us mow our lawn or whatever it is. Or like in David's case, I love that story of Tony just dropping everything and, and saying, hey, absolutely, I'll come jump your car for you. That's no problem. I want to help out. I want to meet that need. And if you struggle being relational with other Christ followers, like if that's not something you take time to do, you're putting a ceiling on how many needs you can meet that's right here where if you were relational and actually looking for the needs, your ceiling could be way up here. It takes intentionality. It takes intentionality. It takes putting our phones down. It takes getting off Facebook. It, it takes doing more than just saying, sending thoughts and prayers. Right? Each of you today, you got a card on your chair. Um, We've been doing these throughout the series. Um, this, card is, this card is to help you gauge where you're at. One to five, how are you doing? Five being the best, one being the worst. How, how's it going? And then you're going to pass all those into me, and I'm going to grade you. I'm going to send you an email. Um, we're going to get really personal. I'm just kidding. We're, that's not for us. It's not for us to see. That is for you. That is for you to say, yeah, I, I need to get better at this. Like, I know I'm not being as intentional as I could be. I, I know there are needs of other Christ followers that, that I could be meeting. I know I could be serving on a ministry team. So some of your next steps, they might be just joining a ministry team. It might be saying, I want to give that person a cup of coffee. I want to be that first smiling face that people see when they show up on Sunday morning as a greeter. I, I want to take my gifts as a school teacher or, or somebody that loves kids, and I want to be in the kids' ministry. Whatever it is, maybe that's your next step. And I'd love to talk to you about that. David would love to talk to you about that. Come find us in the Connection Center. We can set you up. Maybe it's, it's praying about how you can leverage skills and abilities that God has given you for his church family. We, we have people at Grace Church that, without asking, they've just sent us emails saying, hey, like, just so you know, I'm a plumber. If you ever need anything, you just shoot me an email and I'll be there to fix all your plumbing. Or, or, or maybe construction is like, hey, if you ever need anything, just shoot me an email, um, and I'll be there. We have a lawyer that, who's on the Massachusetts Bar Association. Like, he is the, the top of the top when it comes to being a lawyer. And for free, he always just says, whatever you need for legal help, or like, if you need help with papers, documents, you just shoot me an email, and I'll be there. I'll help. 
That is leveraging gifts and skills that God has given you for the church. Maybe it's just paying more attention and being intentional to meet the needs of Christ followers around you. Maybe it's keeping your eyes up and and your hands open, your palms up, just being ready for whatever God has for you. And listen, if you don't get anything else out of this sermon, this is what I want you to get. You were all made and given gifts and abilities for so much more than just working nine to five and making money. God has given you gifts and abilities for so much more, and there is so much more to life than just making money and working nine to five. God wants you to take those gifts and those abilities because he gave them to you in the first place and say, God, I'll give them all back to you. I want to help however I can. I want to meet whatever need I can. You've equipped me. You have positioned me to do this. And now I just surrender to whatever that is. What if we all took on more of a spirit of Tabitha? Or Dorcas, if that's what you want to call her. What, what if we all looked to give that cup of cold water to those around us on, on their long journeys? How would this church look different? Let's pray together. God, we um, thank you so much for just another day of life. Um, God, that we are able to come to this church and worship you freely. God, I thank you for each and every person sitting in this room right now, God, that you have given them gifts and abilities. God, you have uniquely made them into who they are. God, we can't take credit for our gifts. We can't take credit for what we're good at. We, we know that all of those things come from you. So I pray that everybody sitting in here, God, that you speak to them right now. You show them ways that they can leverage those skills and abilities to help the church family. That, that you open their eyes to see needs that they can meet of fellow Christ followers around them. God, that maybe if it's joining a ministry team, that you nudge them in that direction. That this morning they don't wait any longer, they get involved. God, we thank you so much for all that you're doing at Grace Church. We know we can't take credit for it ourselves. It's nothing that we're doing. It's not about me. It's not about Pastor Stephen. It's not about anybody in this room. It is solely about you and what you're doing. We praise you, God. We love you so much. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.